Blog Talk Radio. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your hosts Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. And it's a uh, big week four in the National Football League. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Red vs. Blue, high-stakes fantasy radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football, as always, joined by the big blue co-host, the Reds fan from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Uh, Mikey, first of all, great showing for you, my man. I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but you're doing Rather well on the road of bolts. Always nice to see you have a good team in there and a, and a shot at some big money. How's it going, Bubba? Hey, it's going good, Scott. Appreciate it. Uh, and uh, uh, glad to see everybody out there. And, uh, you know, Red versus Blue fan, we, you know, we love everybody's participation. And, uh, yeah, it's going uh, real well so far. Uh, we've had a little bit of uh, luck. Uh, but uh, that that's what uh, – you know, that kind of goes with the uh, territory sometimes. But uh, now when we start going into week four, it's time to really get uh, really get serious about uh, who who to start and who not to start. Yeah, you got to get your kicker in there. It looks like you got ten starters right now. But uh, good squad. Doug Martin, we're going to start – we're going to talk about tonight with the, uh, the quarterback situation there. Uh, we have uh, Fitzgerald, a probable in the game against the Tampa Bay Bucks also, uh, but he will be matched up against Revis. We'll talk about that. There's a whole lot to get to and and uh, not enough time today. But first, I want to congratulate uh, the, the folks that are playing in the Fantasy Football World Championship up at the top of the leaderboard, Indy hitters, Timber Schlisser, going for a, a main event uh, grand championship here. Matt Bailey obviously won it last year, Mike, and and now Kimra, who's been, been on the show before. She's number one overall after three weeks. Uh, she was not even a half a point, five-tenths of a point, I'm sorry, five-one-hundredths of a point away from being <laughs> having three 200-point weeks. Uh, she scored roughly 200, 228, and 201 in the first three weeks of the season. That's pretty incredible to have a team that has, uh, you know, three 200-point weeks. Uh, and, and, I, and I'm looking at the team. You're, you ask yourself, what kind of team scores 200 a week? Uh, Mike Vick, Joyke Bell, LaShawn McCoy, Pierre Garçon, Julio Jones, Eddie Royal, Kimbrell Tompkins, Jordan Cameron, Garrett Hartley in the Saints D. So, you know, the big names that I see there, Jordan Cameron, Julio Jones, Garçon, McCoy, and Michael Vick, Mike, those are the names that have, that have put Cameron on the top of the leaderboard uh, in the World Championship after three weeks. Yeah, and plus uh, it sounds like she went young as well uh, with Jordan Bell and uh, a couple others, but uh, – you know, you, you go with those guys, and uh, you're going to be solid. Now, how long will it last? You know, you, but the bottom line is go ahead and get those points. Get those points as quick as you possibly can. 
Yeah, John D'Izia leads the Roto Bowl, the ninth annual Roto Bowl tournament, and the team name is the Brotherhood, not to be confused with Brothers Mayhem. And Jason Duvall yeah. in the chat, welcome, my man. The Brotherhood, uh, the team is Robert Griffin III, Jamal Charles, DeMarco Murray, Julio Jones is another common name there that we've seen, Hakeem Nix, uh, Vernon Davis, Owen Daniels, not as not as name-imposing as the team that Kimmer has, but still getting it done uh, in the Roto Bowl to the tune of 559 points after three weeks. That is the leader uh, in the ninth annual Roto Bowl, Mike, and, and that's the one that I just mentioned. Uh, you're having a very good start. You're 65th, uh, 64th overall. That's a, that's a very good accomplishment, man. Keep it going. Yeah, you know, we're we're going to continue to try to do it, and we're doing it with uh, a lot of players like you've uh, just mentioned with uh, those last uh, couple of teams. You know, they're not, I wouldn't say high profile, but uh, the players that are uh, fitting fitting in and uh, they're scoring points, and you just kind of use them and uh, start them at the right points and uh, spots. I just posted a picture of you and Rachel uh, at the Fantasy Football World Championships at the Roto Bowl Live in Vegas at the Mirage. Uh, very nice, uh, good-looking picture of you guys. If you if you want to check it out, go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash atkins.sky. You'll see the picture there of Mike and Rachel. And, uh, yeah, I heard you met somebody in Vegas while you were out there. You heard what? I heard you stumbled. You, you walked up on somebody or somebody walked up onto you in Vegas. You Tell that story. You were in the hallway, and somebody. The, you were, you were in, yeah, you were in the hallway, and somebody came up and said, "How's it going?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was pretty cool. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm going outside, and you know, it, it was between one of our breaks at the Roto Bowl, uh, and you know, I'm just kind of walking down the hallway, and uh, a fellow says, "Hey, how you doing?" And I said, "Hey, I'm doing, I'm doing all right. How you doing?" Of course, I, I got a country accent, obviously. And uh, no. I walked about <laughs> I walked about ten fifteen uh, steps, and he goes, "Mike Trent," and I turned around. And I'm like, "Yeah," and he said, "Hey man, I, I love listening to uh, uh, you and Scott, man, on the on the you know Red versus Blue. Uh, my name's Matt Bailey, and that was the ah. first time I met Matt Bailey face to face. Because as soon as he said Matt Bailey, I I just turned around. And I said, "Well." Congratulations, first off, congratulations on last year. What an accomplishment. And we sit there and, uh, you know, we talked for probably uh, a good five, ten minutes, just sitting there talking, and uh, it, it was it was real nice. And it was real nice to meet Matt. And, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, it was fun to congratulate him on his accomplishment last year with the FFWC, you know, and it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, if you don't know by now, Matt Bailey, the Fantasy Football World Champion of 2012, presented with a check for $200,000, and we flew him out to obviously uh, for the check presentation in Vegas at the Super Bowl party at the Mirage. That was a whole lot of fun to have him out there. And and I'm already looking forward to crowning this year's champion and and watching the leaderboard every week. I'm thinking to myself, who's going to win? Who's going to just have that exciting last couple of weeks stretch there? And who's going to be out there with us in Vegas partying at the Mirage watching the Super Bowl? It's an incredible moment. Uh, to be there. Now, look, this is a show, the Red versus Blue show. We've been around for a long time. We take all your questions. We take all comers on the uh, on the hotline here at Red versus Blue. We have a caller from the 716 area code, so we're going to bring them in, find out if they have a question for Scott and Mike. 716, you're on the air. 
Hello, guys. It's uh, John calling from Buffalo. Second time caller. What's going on, John, from Buffalo? What's the, what's, what's the deal with C.J. Spiller? Everybody wants John to know. Buffalo. Well, let me tell you right now, as far as the Bills are concerned, they're they're just in, in, in trouble everywhere, especially defensively. But um, I'm calling in to talk about running backs. Sure. Okay. Let's do it. I've got David Wilson. C.J. Spiller, unfortunately, and let's see. I've got C.J. Spiller, David Wilson, and Reggie Bush, and yeah. I don't know who to push out into a flex. I'm really yeah, worried is about this a, them. Is this a is this a start two running back league? And is it PPR or non PPR? Non PPR. Okay, non PPR. All right, well, Mike, he's got a tough matchup this week. Reggie Bush, everybody knows he's playing Chicago. Chicago allows uh, the second least amount of points in the league to running back 7.7 running back points per week. And you also have the addition of Joy Cabell there that should get some carries. But it's kind of hard to bench Reggie Bush if, you know, if he's back and playing. It looks like he is. He's, he's probably been practicing. Uh, we have him projected for, you know, a little over 10 fantasy points. We have him ranked 16th overall at FF Toolbox. Uh, or, or, I'm sorry, 17th. And then you also said C.J. Spiller. We have him right there at 18. And then uh, the third name you said was who? Um, David, David Wilson. Wilson. David Wilson. Yeah, you know, yeah he's kind of he's gonna have to show us something, Mike, right? You can't you can't put Dave Wilson until he shows. Now, he did show us a little bit of life. If there was anything that I can take from that game in the Giants, yeah. the, the takeaway was that Wilson looked pretty good. Now, so what I, I, I have to tell you guys, Jordan Cameron – has saved me this season. And I got yeah. that advice right from this show. And everybody's laughing at me in my league about taking a tight end from Cleveland. But, wow, what a sleeper. Well, That's a you good know, I mean, right? that, yeah, I mean, that, yeah that, I mean, that that's cool. I mean, Jordan uh, Cameron, he's going to continue to do that. Out of uh, Wilson, Spiller, and Bush, how many can you start? Uh, I can start all three. I, I'm oh. toying with the no, I'm toying with the notion of throwing Marlon Brown in the flex spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and an interesting. Uh, one, that's an interesting proposition. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Uh, if I was going to bench one of those three, if you're if you're going to throw Marlon Brown, uh, I would almost you almost got to bench Wilson and tell you. Uh, and Ty proves himself. I would start Spiller and uh, Bush. I yeah, agree with Brown. you wholeheartedly. I agree with you wholeheartedly, and that's what that's what I'm running with. Yeah, Marlon Brown's a go this week against your Bills. And uh, John, you know, if you look at last week's game with Stephen Hill and Santonio Holmes doing so well with a rookie quarterback, you got to think that Joe Flacco is liking that matchup against the Bills this week. And you also still have questions with Ray Rice. He's a game time decision. We're going to have to watch that. All the way up to kickoff till we really know, and so I, I think I like even though he's a young player, uh, I, I think Marlon Brown's a nice little starter this week. And uh, you know, look, Wilson again, it's one of those tough situations for all of us right now. We're just hanging on and uh, hoping that yeah. something good turns out of this situation. And Coughlin trusts him enough to let him go because the Giants are desperate for a for a running game. John, thanks for calling, gotta, man. Gotta, Good to have you back. Gotta, you got uh, You're welcome. You guys got to remember, I'm a Lions fan. So I'm trapped here, but I, I'm loving what uh, 
big play uh, CJ is putting up in Detroit? Yeah, uh, Calvin is uh, the man. We we had him ranked number one overall. It's the safest play on the board, I think. When you look at all the the circumstances that have happened to the running backs this year, you've you've uh, you know we, we've had so much go wrong with with so many big name running backs, and and the one constant is that the stud wide receivers like Calvin Johnson can be counted on. Uh, for the most part, we can we got a, got a tough matchup this week, but obviously Calvin is uh, one of the the biggest, uh, most safest names you can trust in fantasy. So, thank good you, job on Very glad to hear that. Thank you, gentlemen, for reaching out and taking my call in Buffalo again. And take care and God bless. You got a great show going. All right, thanks, John. Hey, hey. And Mike, it, it's always good to hear from the listeners who uh, who took advantage of some of the good advice. We're not we're not always going to give the best. Uh, there's always going to be some mistakes <laughs> made, and that's part of that's part of living fantasy. You know, you're always going to have the the good calls and the bad calls. The, the bad calls I remember more than all the good calls that we make. But it's it's nice to, when somebody scores a Jordan Cameron. That's a player right now that people in the rest of the league are envious of because you have that guy that's just you were able to take it at a cheap price, and now he's just a star in the league. And it's almost like the Julius Thomas play. We didn't know it was going to be that good, uh, and now it's so good that you're just you're sitting back and saying, "Wow, I'm so glad I have him." In so many different, so so many other leagues where I where I did. Right, exactly, Scott. And uh, you know uh, that that phone call. I, I mean, I would love for uh, like a show like tonight. You know, just for people to call in and just just give classic examples of uh, you know, here's what I have. What do you think? And whether they agree or disagree with us, then that's fine. But but, but like what you said, the Julian Thomas. I mean, crap. I mean, this guy is incredible, but I don't know if it will uh, sustain. Yeah, it has to sustain it for Julius Thomas with the uh, with Peyton Manning running the show. He's absolute monster, going to be that way for a long, long time. Now, they are talking about Wilson for Ridley in the chat room. A lot of trades going on for David Wilson in Dynasty Leagues. And, Mike, I know you, you got rid of David Wilson. You were just done with the experiment, and you, uh, you ditched him to Ryan McDowell for uh, a couple of second-round picks. Isn't that what you got? Yeah, you know, we we went back and forth for about uh, about a week, week and a half. Uh, he wanted a first rounder, and I I wasn't going to do that. Uh, it was a couple second round picks, a uh, third rounder, and a fourth rounder, and it it, it boiled down to uh, the picks that he wanted to give up uh, were he had a ton of 2014 picks. And his second-round picks, he wanted to give up something that was low-end. When I say low-end, uh, I'm talking uh, one of your picks, one of his picks, teams that are going to finish in the high end of the uh, season. So I didn't mm-hmm. want that. So I went back and I researched it, and I I was like, no, give me your second-round pick that you uh, got from another team that are going to finish – finishing the low end where I can get a uh, higher draft pick, basically. So, at the end of the day, I was pretty pleased with being done with the David Wilson experiment, so to speak, and uh, I I feel good about uh, what I got uh, moving forward 2014 because I feel like it's going to be really loaded. 
I want to thank everybody in the, the chat room, the crew here at Red vs. Blue, some of the best minds always here in the chat room, Brothers Mayhem, Henry Muto, ITS Driver, Jim Struble, welcome to Red vs. Blue tonight, Shane T. Hallam, uh, you're at Oment, uh, thank you guys for, for being in the chat and participating. Uh, I'm kind of hooked on this Breaking Bad show, it's, 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 it's a little bit of a distraction for me uh, as I go through all my leagues and my lineups and my waivers and I, and I take a break from football and take a breath. Kind of, kind of digging this Breaking Bad, and I know you're watching the the uh, the Reds play, but let's let's keep yes, plugging away, Mike. There's a lot going on. They're optimistic. Terrell Pryor is a go this week. If not, Matt Flynn comes in. You obviously have Denarius Moore to think about if you have some some deeper flex options on your rosters. Uh, Denarius Moore and uh, Rod Streeter would be options if Pryor is a go. I'm I'm really careful to to say start those guys with Matt Flynn because we haven't seen any chemistry there. Um, you like Matt Flynn? No, I, no, I don't think I don't think Pryor's a go. I don't think Pryor's a go at all. Yeah, yeah, they're optimistic that he'll go now after the concussion, but we'll have to wait and see. And I, I like what I saw from him the other night, Mike, uh, against Denver. Again, that's a tough team. He's being thrown to the wolves, but the guy gutted it out throughout the game and kept fighting. And and I liked what I saw from. Darren McFadden as well. We love Darren McFadden this week. We think he's a nice play. And look, he. The old Darren McFadden might have mailed it in. He was fighting until the very end. He punched one in. He threw for another. And, you know, this week they get Washington. Kind of the running joke of the league is Washington. Anybody that you have play uh, Washington, you got to get all your players in there. They're almost like the New Orleans Saints from last year. They're dead last in everything against the run, against the pass. Wide receivers and running backs, you got to get them in there because Washington is a sieve right now. They can't stop anybody. So there's nothing wrong with starting all your Oakland Raiders if prior to the go – I don't mind seeing it. Uh, I think you, that you know it's against Washington, and they're just terrible right now. So that's the uh, that's yeah. kind of the running joke. Fitzgerald is probable. Mike Larry Fitzgerald is probable. Uh, Daryl Revis will be matched up on him in that Buccaneers game. And let's talk about this both sides of the ball here for a second. First, let's talk about Mike Glennon. Mike, I want to give you an opportunity here. I don't know if you know much about him, uh, but he's definitely a, a big six-seven quarterback. He's not mobile. He's not accurate. He doesn't do very well under pressure, but he has a very big arm, a cannon for an arm. The problem that I see is I don't like this move at all. Greg Schiano, I was a fan of his in the Big East and the Rutgers because, of course, I'm a Louisville fan, but I don't like the move. I don't like – it's not like that Freeman was great by any stretch of the imagination. He lost the locker room, they say, uh, but so did Greg Schiano. And so Greg Schiano's trying to do something to get it back. He does this, and I'm just really worried. If I'm a Vincent Jackson owner, which I'm not anywhere, uh, I would be very worried because you have to have chemistry to throw a deep ball to those wide right. receivers. And, look, there was nothing wrong with Vincent Jackson and, and Freeman. That's what you did have going for you. Uh, I don't really blame it all on Freeman. Vincent, uh, he, he was he was the, in the top ten in targets that's something you don't want with Freeman. I mean, he was tied for 10th among all wide receivers, targeted 30 times for the year. So this, to me, for Mike Glennon, this is check down time for Doug Martin. Doug Martin is going to see a big improvement because if you're Mike Glennon, you need a couple of safety valves. You need Doug Martin check downs. You need a tight end. And I don't really think they have that right now. But he needs something, and I think Doug Martin is going to be the biggest beneficiary of this move this week. You know what? I think that's a that's an outstanding point, Scott. Um, I don't necessarily think that this is a bad move uh, for them going to Glennon right now, uh, especially at home. You, you, you wouldn't want to do that on the road. 
They're going to him uh, because they're just trying to find some kind of chemistry, some kind of something. And, you know, it's obvious that uh, Josh Freeman wasn't giving it to him. So is this a start for Glennon or a wake-up call for Freeman? Could yeah, be, it you is. Know, yeah. You know, both ways. But uh, I do believe that uh, if you're a Doug Martin owner, uh, you might be very happy with this game this weekend. Well, if you're going to start this, uh, and Shane Hallam's in the chat room, uh, Shane O.P., Shane P. Hallam, he said he thinks Glennon has a good game, actually, and he doesn't love Glennon or anything, but uh, he says limited tape on him. Arizona's pass D has been trashed. Very true. Arizona's the third worst against quarterbacks in the league. If you're going to start him in a game, start him at home against the Cardinals, you're going to have a good shot at doing something. But I tell you, yeah. chemistry is real important. If you're not an accurate passer, and, and, and when I say Freeman wasn't accurate, he wasn't an accurate percentage quarterback. But throwing the deep ball, he had that down. He had it down to a T with Vincent Jackson and Mike Williams. Those guys, he put it right on the money for those deep balls, and they just kind of hawked, they tracked the ball, and they went and got it. Now, can they do that with another quarterback? Maybe, but we have to see it. Uh, I'm not suggesting that you bench Vincent Jackson this week, but I, I, if you have a deep roster uh, with other options, uh, it's, it might be. I mean, we have him as a low-end number two wide receiver this week, so there are a couple of other names that might creep up into the discussion, uh, you know, if you have him. But, look, you got to start Vincent Jackson if you have him, period, point blank. But just, I'm just a little concerned. Uh, and Fitzgerald, he is probable. We've been waiting to see something from Fitzgerald and from Michael Floyd. This is a week playing against Tampa. Maybe Michael Floyd tunes it up a little bit because you think the Fitzgerald is tied up with Revis. How much is Carson Palmer going to challenge Darrell Revis this week? Michael Floyd to me, maybe. I mean, it's just a logical start. It's nothing anything other than Revis is on one side. You throw the other way, right? So uh, I like this. I also think that Rob Hausler is a deep dynasty stash right now. If you don't have him, you know, like in the SFPC and the Dynasty World Championships, I think this is Rob Hausler. They've been talking about Bruce Arians talks about him like he's Jimmy Graham, and we've been waiting on him for a while. So we haven't seen much. He is healthy, and he is a go. So I'm kind of liking Rob Hausler to surprise some people this week. Uh, then you have the running back situation, Mike Mendenhall, not really getting it done. Andre Ellington is the explosive guy that we're waiting that if Mendenhall does go down, we think Andre Ellington might be a, the next star in the league. So just, it's real early for Ellington. I don't want to get overly hyped here, but definitely stash him on your deeper rosters and just hang on for the ride. I think he'll be a fun player uh, to track as time goes on. Any other thoughts on this game, Mike? No, no, no that, that's about it. Uh, but I, I, I love the way you talked about uh, Ellington uh, as far as dynasty. Uh, that's a guy that you might want to look forward to. Yeah, uh, urinal man in the chat room. I'm having a hard time starting Tony Gonzalez. 19 targets in three games. My other tight end is Brandon Myers. I still say you start Tony Gonzalez. He's a guy that when I go look back and I look at past champions rosters, the guys that have won $100,000, $200,000, $300,000 playing high stakes, I don't know how many times I've seen Tony Gonzalez. And so I'm not ready to write him off, especially with Ronnie White not being 100%. He's still not 100%. That means he's kind of a running decoy out there just to kind of keep the defenses honest. Julio's going to get a lot of balls again. Gonzalez is going to get his. It's just a matter of kind of – and matter of fact, if he has only had 19 targets, it's a numbers game. This is all math, and this is all just basic mathematics in fantasy football. He's due to get his. Uh, so Gonzo is a, Gonzo's a guy that I would never – I just don't like ever benching Tony Gonzalez. 
Uh, Mike, we also saw uh, the Jets, and I know you don't like to talk about the Jets, but yeah, there's oh, something going, going on, on here. Jets, something going on here with this team. Not bad. They're, they're, they're a couple of bad plays away from being a 3-0 and team with a win against the Patriots. They're 2-1. They have a pretty good defense, a nice young often, uh, defensive line there, a good, strong offensive line. And Bilal Powell from Louisville has been looking pretty good. You finally get Santonio Holmes back on the other side of the field. And I didn't know that Geno Smith had this good of an arm deep ball. He's been throwing deep balls to Hill and Holmes. Uh, Who do you like going forward, either one of those receivers, Hill or Holmes, if you had to choose? Uh, Both of them. Uh, The the reason I like both of them is because uh, Geno Smith is – he's maturing before our eyes. I mean, real quickly. And, you know, he's gonna, there's going to be a bump in the road. And as sure yep. as I'm saying this right here on Red versus Blue at yep. uh, 924 Eastern time uh, next Sunday, I'm sure he'll throw in a clinker. But, you know, I'm not concerned about that. I really like the way that Geno Smith is playing. Uh, Santonio Holmes is bringing in these young guys. And, you know, he's coaching them along. And that defense is really looking strong. That's what impresses me more about the Jets than anything else is the defense. Yeah, the Titans are a lot better team against the pass uh, than uh, Buffalo Bills will be. We will see a, a better effort there. Uh, the Tennessee Titans have, have pretty much held down Roethlisberger, uh, the game against Houston and Phillip Rivers, oh, uh, to, the, to, uh, to the average of 12 fantasy points a week. Not much to write home about when you're playing Tennessee. Now, you do run the ball quite a bit uh, on them. But, look, hey, uh, this will be a nice uh, tune-up game, a, ni- a nice where-do-we-stand game for the Jets. The old Jets will lose this game on the road at Tennessee. If if there's a new era coming in with New York, with Geno, and, you know, uh, uh, even though they're building a little bit, then they, they would win this game. And so it'll be interesting to watch that game. Now let's move on to the Patriots. Everybody's talking about the Patriots. Every news story that I see – uh, it, it's a real confusing time if you're waiting on Gronkowski. Uh, the Boston Globe reports that Gronkowski and Amendola are expected to play, which contradicts earlier reports made by beat writers and Pro Football Talk that they were not going to. They were probably not going to go. So this game is Sunday night. We're not going to know that New England Atlanta matchup is a, is a good one, and we're not going to know what we need to early enough to make the good decisions. It's going to be very risky. So. Whenever that happens, you almost have to say pass. Unless you have something stored up and ready to go with a Charles Clay in Miami or, you know, Jimmy Graham, you're already going to start for New Orleans. You don't really have any options here to protect yourself at at tight end. So if you don't know by the 1 o'clock games if Gronkowski's a go, you have to bench him. You can't take a zero in fantasy football for the appeal of getting a, 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 a Gronk back in the game. So, same goes for Amendola, unless you have another option ready to go, like a Kenny Stills for New Orleans uh, or, or somebody along that line, so that you can have a nice backup plan uh, and, and hedge your bet a little bit. You have to just pass. And so, waiting to see what happens. Mike, if Gronkowski does not play, there are three names, Edelman, Dobson, and Kimbrell Tompkins. Rank those yeah. three for me. Which, which, how, would, how, would you, how do you think those are going to shake out this week? Edelman, uh, Tompkins, and Dobson. I would go. Uh, I would go Edelman one, Tompkins two, and Dobson three. Uh, you know, but that's that's pretty dicey right there. But uh, I would go Julian Edelman one and Tompkins two. Even though Tompkins could be 
Let's go Edelman 1, Tompkins 1A, and Dobson 2. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, that's probably the way it goes because if you look at the offensive snaps, Julian Edelman last week, 66%, 89% of the snaps. Tompkins, 91% of the snaps. Dobson, only 72% of the snaps. So you have to put Dobson as a number three only because of the opportunities. But if you talk about touchdown leagues and non-PPR leagues, I think I elevate Tompkins to one, Dobson to two, and Edelman to three because in PPR, obviously, Edelman's going to get a lot of work. If Gronkowski comes back, which of those wide receivers suffers the most, in your opinion? Um, wow, it's it's probably going to be uh, Tompkins, believe it or not. Yeah, I, I think Edelman actually suffers the most. I think the dinks and dunks won't be as prevalent in that game with Gronkowski over the middle. That's just my gut. Brothers Mayhem yeah. talking about Dobson has had back-to-back 10 targets games. Very hard to ignore uh, with him getting that kind of action. Uh, targets don't always uh, equate to touches or, or to catches when you're Aaron Dobson. But still, uh, interesting guy. I'm starting Dobson and uh, Tompkins and Edelman just about anywhere I have them. Now, Brandon Bolden is questionable after a limited practice on Friday. He's the one that had 100 yards uh, versus the Bucks last week, Mike. And Brandon Bolden is that guy that's filling that Shane Vereen role quite nicely. Some people picked him up before the Jets game in week two. He didn't do much, and they already dropped him and cut bait with him. Then in week three, look what he does. That's what that short-sighted vision gives you. You know, if you like a guy, hang in there with him for a week or two. You know, don't don't just give up on him so quickly. Because now Brandon Bolden is filling that role, and people are asking themselves, where is Steven Ridley? Where is Stephen Ridley? You spent this good high pick, probably a third or fourth round pick on Stephen Ridley. You got to be concerned because Belichick has a history of rotating backs game to game, and it makes just for a nightmare. And we knew that going forward. We knew that going into the season. But Ridley was still appealing because of the workhorse mentality and the fact that Ben Jarvis was a ten touchdown guy. Ridley was a ten touchdown guy. Here's the thing, Mike. Last week, Stephen Ridley only got 26 snaps. 35% of the time he was out there on the field. Bolden got 25 snaps. LeGarrette Blunt got 23. That's a nightmare, man. That's a three-headed monster and yeah. just a nightmare for fantasy owners. Yeah, it is. And that, that's typical uh, Bill Belichick. Uh, that's typical New England. One thing, about yeah. this, one thing about this game, Scott, real quick. Uh, Atlanta. Atlanta grew up against it. They need to win this game. They know they need to win this game. Uh, I'm looking at this game. Atlanta is a one-and-a-half point favorite, and a 48-and-a-half is the uh, over and under. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to go on record and say Atlanta is going to shut New England down. When I say shut Mm -hmm. New England down, I'm saying they will hold them to, to 17, 20 points. Okay, you heard it here first. Yeah, it's a good game. I'm looking forward to seeing that game, and I'm always looking forward to seeing Denver play. The Denver-Philly game, it's an over-under of 58, Mike. Uh, home Denver's favored by 10.5 points. There's going to be a lot of points scored there. Let's take a call from the 415. Oh, they just, uh, we just lost them. 415, you can call back. We'll get you yeah, back on the air. Right? Yeah, yeah, he was on there. I just, uh, I just couldn't get to him in time. He's been on there for a while. We just have so much content to get to. But I will, I will keep an eye posted on the, uh, on the switchboard. Sorry about that. Uh, Bradshaw is out for the Colts. T. Rich probably gets the lion's share of the carries this week. However, uh, 
I had a call from a Colts fan, uh, you know, one of our Colts insiders, actually, uh, that reports on a lot of the Colts stuff here in Indianapolis, and he said, expect Donald Brown to get 15 touches this Sunday against Jacksonville. Uh, 15 touches for Donald Brown with Bradshaw out. Now, look, we've all... We're all waiting on Trent Richardson to be the be the workhorse. The question is, are they ready to throw him to the wolves and give him a 20-25 carry game? Uh, no. According to our insider here in Indianapolis, Donald Brown will get about 15 touches this week. What do you think of that? Well, that, you know, honestly, that surprises me. But I will say this. Chuck Pagano, he's already said, I'm going to ease Trent into this system. I'm going to ease Trent in. And uh, – Boy, that that looked good at San Francisco last week. So, uh, you know, Chuck Pagano, uh, I mean, the guy, he looks like a pretty pretty much of a genius right now. So, uh, if that would mean, if, if that means Donald Brown's going to get 15 carries or 15 touches, then so be it. We're going to have everybody. We're going to play on the record here, red versus blue. The on the record call of the week for the chat room and for Mike is Trent Richardson, PPR leagues, over under 18 fantasy points this week, Mike. Trent Richardson against Jacksonville, PPR leagues, over under 18 fantasy points this week. We're playing it with the chat room. Mike, what do you say? Uh, over, over, over. Over 18 fantasy points. Your own mint yeah. in the chat room says over as well. IPS driver, good to see you there. Going over. Shane P. Hallam, uh, the, the contrarian here so far, the only under. You're going to have to tell us why, Shane. Either call us up or put it in the chat. Jim Struble, T. Rich, over. Bradshaw out. And Brothers Mayhem, over. Uh, Mike, I was until I got that call tonight, I was going to say over as well. And 80 yards and a touchdown I think is very doable this week. That's 14 points. Can he get another 2 and 20? Uh, or three and twenty from uh, from the receptions. That's about yep. the cap that I see. So, in my opinion, I think eighteen is the ceiling this week for Trent Richardson because they're easing him in and they're not going to give him such a workload. So, I think the odds would suggest that I say under in this, and I'm the only one. It looks like along with Shane P. Uh, that are okay. saying under, but everybody else is saying over. But I do like Trent Richardson. I think look, eighteen is a good game. Uh, for a fantasy okay. running back, and we have him ranked very highly this week. We had him ranked highly before the uh, Bradshaw news, and now we've got him in the top ten. We have him in the top ten uh, in, in fantasy football this week. If there's uh, ever a preseason game, if there's ever a preseason game that Trey Richardson's going to play with the Colts and learning their system, it's against Jacksonville. Okay. Yep. Bottom line: cut, dry, and simple. This is a preseason game. And, you know, I know they're saying, well, we're not looking over them, uh, this and that. Bull crap. Jacksonville is bad. So this is a typical situation to where Trent Richardson can uh, go ahead and uh, learn the offense much more in a game-time situation. Jaguars ninth worst against running backs, averaging 17 points per game uh, in non-PPR you got to bring that up about another five points, uh, 22 points a game allowed to running backs in PPR league. So it just depends uh, how much work Donald Brown is going to get. Jim Struble says 18 for 80, 335 in a TD. So that would be a nice game for Trent Richardson uh, owners to go ahead and get this guy who you drafted in the first round in your lineup. Lance Moore held out uh, out of practice Friday with a risk. He's been an absolute zero this year. He, it takes an injury 
on New Orleans for Lance Moore to be effective. It's always that way. He's called the ultimate handcuff for a reason. You have to have yeah. an injury to a major player on New Orleans, whether it be Colston or Graham or, uh, you know, uh, Stroll. For Lance Moore, will be effective. He'll have those games once one of those guys goes out. But look for maybe Kenny Stills to get in. Uh, we have this uh, this Houston game in Seattle. Very interesting to watch. And Andre Johnson will play. DeAndre Hopkins will play. Uh, and everybody's saying, well, is DeAndre a, a, a startable option because Sherman will be out there on the field? Well, from all accounts, what I'm hearing uh, from the Seattle, uh, from our Seattle fans, that Sherman was going to be matched up on Hopkins this week. Sherman is going to be matched up on Hopkins. Very interesting. Wow. So Andre will still get his. I was still concerned wherever Sherman was playing. That entire defensive secondary for Seattle scares the the bat stuff out of me. So I was concerned for Hopkins even without it. But I, I I know that if you have Hopkins, you were hoping and praying that Andre would play. It makes things a whole lot easier for him out there. But look, he's a dominant. He's a dominant. I'll say it again: dominant red zone threat for Matt Schaub. He can make plays, and it wouldn't surprise me if he beats the best corner in the league because that's the way this kid is. Right out of the gate, Mike, DeAndre Hopkins has been nothing but spectacular, uh, and now they get their chance to play Seattle in what could be a very big matchup with implications, uh, you know, when we come time for the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing about it, I traded DeAndre Hopkins away, but what'd you get? That that was in that was in a redraft league. Oh, okay. now if if you're talking dynasty, if you got De, DeAndre Hawkins, you you've got goldmine right there. I mean, this, yeah. this kid is something else. I mean, I am just so impressed. And uh, Max Schaub, he's a he's mid tier quarterback. So uh, when you when you got Max Schaub throwing to you, you, you you're doing pretty good. Yeah, I loved uh, I loved DeAndre. I tried to draft him everywhere I could, and then I even traded him in a league for Alfred Morris uh, just because I needed a little bit more depth at running back, and I, I'm still – I'm even regretting that now. Mercedes Lewis does make his debut against the Colts. We've been waiting on a tight end. There we go. It might happen. Miles Austin, who would have thought? Miles Austin with a hammy, uh, having a hammy yep. issue. He is uh, predicted to be out, and I called this on SiriusXM on Thursday morning with uh, Dr. Roto and Adam Ronis. I said, look out for Terrence Williams. If this hammy persists, you have an opportunity here. And that's what you want in the NFL is, a, is when you're a young kid, you want an opportunity. Dez Bryant has his share of injuries, and this, this injuries for Dez aren't an uncommon thing as well. So you have injuries to Austin. First of all, let's just get this right out of the bag. Dez and Witten, they're going to be targeted a ton. And if you're playing yeah. in DraftKings this week, and we're going to end the show talking about DraftKings, uh, we have a special – uh, free tournament to give you if you uh, do sign up and throw a couple bucks in and open an account, you get into that that million dollar qualifier in week 16. Uh, but Miles Austin with a hamstring injury, this opens the door for Terrence Williams to maybe get in and get some action. Bottom line is, Dez and Whitten are going to be monsters this week. If you have the Cowboys, Mike, you're a Cowboys fan, so I'll give you the last word. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's I think it's a perfect opportunity. But I will say this: every time Dallas has a uh, Big game, so to speak, uh, which, of course, they uh, beat St. Louis uh, basically because their defense, uh, you know, they set the standard in that game. But 
when they're when their offense and defense are both clicking at the same time, they tend to have a bounce game under Tony Romo. It never fails. So I'm a little concerned about that fact. But DeMarco Murray, love him. Yep. Uh DeMarco Murray has been a beast. We said he'd be top five, man. We said he'd be top five if he stayed healthy. Do you think DeMarco Murray is a, a sell high in your redraft league? Like, let's say the Legends League, you got DeMarco Murray. Is it time to sell high because he's been so dominant and you know that the other shoe's going to drop eventually with an injury? No. No. Keep him. Keep him. All right. We talked about Marlon Brown. He's going to be a go. Jordan Reed is inactive. Uh, that probably means Fred Davis is going to get there. I love this Jordan Reed kid. Uh, Mike, if you haven't been watching this uh, this monster, uh, he has all the potential in the world. The knock on him has been that he can't stay healthy, right? So if he if if he could get healthy, uh, that would be nice. But he this kid got five catches last week on six targets, and that's not what's so surprising. He did go out with an injury, right? But what's more surprising is the amount of plays that he was out there on the field. For him to get five receptions on six targets and only be on the field 30 snaps, Mike, that's incredible. That means that RG3 is taking a liking to Jordan Reed. Be on the lookout for him on your on your dynasty radars and your redrafts. If you're hurting at tight end, uh, look, 30 snaps, 30 offensive snaps, and he gets five of those catches on six targets. RG3 loves throwing to Jordan Reed, so be looking for him to get in the lineup. Fred Davis no matter what he does this week, once Jordan Reed is healthy, he is clearly the best tight end in this offense. Yeah, you know what, Scott? I like Jordan Reed, but at this point in time, uh, until RG3 is right, I can't trust Jordan Reed. I mean, it, I, I'm just not – I'm not a believer in RG3 right now. Uh, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a believer in RG3 right now. You, you gotta, you, you're gonna have to show me. Stephen Jackson again out. Uh, Jason Snelling and Quiz. Which one you like more for more fantasy points this week, Snelling or Quiz? Ooh, wow! I gotta go, Quiz. Quiz, Quiz. Yep. You you, you like Quiz in, in the PPR leagues, huh? Yep. PPR. It's all about PPR. Quiz. Quiz got it. Yeah, Quiz has not been impressing me. Uh, he did get more snaps. Uh, he was on the field 61% of the time to Jason Snelly's 48% of the time, 43 to 34. Uh, so that has an impact on where what I'm, what I'm looking at. But Snelling has the red zone opportunities locked up. Uh, he, he's just, I think to me, he's the better he's the better back in a, in a true running back situation. Quiz just doesn't have enough speed for me to be that guy. But he is startable in the deep leagues, the dual flex leagues, the 11-man lineup leagues, because, look, the bye weeks are upon us this week. Green Bay's out on bye. Carolina's out on bye. Maybe you're counting on a quiz, Rogers, to get you 8 or 10 fantasy points with upside of 15 or 16. That's probably what quiz has this week. So, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay with it. But we're waiting on uh, Jackson to get back. But I think even if Jackson gets back, Mike, and Ian Ritchie tried to tell us this in the, in the preseason pro advice, he said, stay away from Steven Jackson. I don't like him. And a lot of people were saying, hey, he's going to be a top ten back. You couldn't really yeah. trust Steven Jackson with the age and wear and tear they have on that guy. Well, you know what? It's funny, Scott, because uh, 
we have a chance to uh, take Steven Jackson, and uh, we passed kind of because we were leery for the same reason, and uh, we didn't do it. And uh, as it turns out, I'm I'm kind of, kind of glad we didn't. I will tell you this: there's um there's a new quarterback in town for the Minnesota Vikings, Matt Castle. Tom Brady predicted it. You know he has the inside link and phone number to Matt Castle. Christian Ponder out, Matt Castle in. I'm not sure if this is a good uh, decision for the offense. However, I will say this. For Kyle Rudolph owners, I think you have to be ecstatic. Kyle Rudolph was out there 91% of the plays, and Ponder could never get him the ball, right? That's a big problem. That's a really big problem. He can't get him the ball. Now comes uh, a quarterback in Matt Castle who we know – you know, can get you the ball. We'll, we'll have to see what happens. He's got a running game with Adrian Peterson. I think the law of averages has to take hold here for Kyle Rudolph, too. My Kyle Rudolph's not a bum, right? He's not a bum. He has started terribly with thanks to the courtesy of Christian Ponder. But you can say that about Rudolph and say, hey, it's not necessarily Rudolph's fault. It was Christian Ponder. Right. And, you know, Rudolph did have a couple of uh, couple of games where he's finally getting up there. His targets back up to six. His targets are up to eight last week. They're trying to get him more involved. This is a law of averages as well. Uh, Brother yeah. Liam hopes Castle gets Patterson going. I kind of hope to see Greg Jennings get going too. Jennings and Rudolph, I think, will be the two main beneficiaries of this move. Makes them startable. Yeah, yeah I, you know, Kyle Rudolph – you know, I think he's a, I think he's a good, solid starting uh, tight end and uh, a catchable tight end. That's what I like to use the term. He's a catchable tight end. Uh, just has to be in the right situation. And Man, Craig Jennings, he's an old thirty. You know, I mean, he just turned thirty, but he's an old thirty. I mean, Reggie Wayne, young thirty-five. Craig Jennings, he's an old thirty. Man, jeez, so so old to me. It's just. Where is the speed? It's just, oh, man, I, I feel bad for the guys that drafted Greg Jennings. We we did not. Uh, we don't have him anywhere. The the Hakeem Knicks uh, alerts, you could take those all off the table, Mike. Apparently that was just a rumor floating around. Those are He was not being traded to the Lions for LaShore in a draft pick. Uh, we heard that, man, if Knicks went to Detroit with Calvin, man, you'd have two monsters. Uh, but, look, that's not going to happen. Uh, LaShore doesn't look like he's going anywhere. Hockey Knicks, the whole Giants organization, uh, the whole offensive team, they have to get better. It can't be any worse. Do you bench Hockey Knicks this week, Mike? If you were counting on them as your wide receiver three, and now the bye weeks are upon you, it seems like you have to stick it out with Knicks at this point. I, yeah, I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't bench Knicks right now. But I don't know. It depends on who else I have on my roster. I mean, that, that's it's it's a bad situation, but uh, you know you the funny thing about it, Scott, is that Tom Coughlin seems so calm, cool, collected, just like they've been the last three, four, five years. If if they're zero and three or three and six, remember when they were uh, three and six? No big deal. They ran a ran a bunch of wins together, and it was no big deal. So I don't know. <laughs> makes you makes you wonder, doesn't it? Uh, we will look at Spiller and Fred Jackson as well. Spiller uh, has not looked good at all. Do you know that Fred Jackson is a top ten running back in the league? Would you have ever guessed after three weeks no. in the NFL, Mike, that Fred Jackson 
would be a top ten back in the National Football League. And here's the thing. He's doing it more effectively on the carries and catches that he gets than C.J. Spiller. When you can sit there and average better yards per carry and be more effective with the receptions that you get, what does that say for C.J. Spiller? Is this situational? Or what is wrong? I don't understand the situation. I've got to go back and watch. I, I wish somebody in the chat room would explain it to me. I just don't understand Fred Jackson, the eighth best running back in fantasy football this year. That's got to be the biggest surprise of the league so far. He's averaging 5.28 yards a carry. And when you look at Spiller, he's a shadow of his former self. A shadow of his former self, 35th overall in the league, averaging 3.5 yards a carry. Mike? Yeah, I mean, why doesn't Fred get more uh, more carries? Bottom line, well, that's right simple. Yeah. Looks like he's going to uh, until they figure out what's going on with C.J. Spiller, if it's in his head or if it's something else going on. Maybe he's going through some personal issues. I don't know. One guy I'm interested in seeing get back into the swing of things uh, and get into action is Le'Veon Bell. Here's a guy, and Ben Roethlisberger calls him out and throws him under the bus and says, hey, I don't really know how good he is. I don't know where, where he's at because he's not here. He's not practicing. And I love this about Ben Roethlisberger. I love him calling this out. I love him calling this guy out and saying, hey, get in here and help this team win. If we don't have this, we're going to go 0-4. And, and Mike, make it very well easily. The Pittsburgh Steelers could be 0-4 after Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, this is must win. Uh, but you know what? They don't have the line, offense or defense. Uh, they don't have the running game. <laughs> You've got to have both of the, all three of those uh, elements to succeed in the NFL. You have to have an offensive line, a defensive line, and a running game. And they do not have that. Ben can do all he wants. Uh, Mike Tomlin can coach all he wants to coach and the way he wants to coach. But the bottom line, if you don't have those three elements, you're in trouble. I love seeing Joy Bell being a top ten running back in the league. I love seeing my boy Giovanni Bernard, who I traded Demarius Thomas for. I traded Demarius Thomas in the 1250 Dynasty for Bernard and Gordon in the offseason. It was very hard to let go of the monster that is Demarius. But I got Bernard and Gordon. And this week, they match up Cincinnati and Cleveland. And, Mike, Josh Gordon – shocked the world last week, and not a lot of fantasy owners. Like, the guys in the chat room here, they weren't shocked. They know who Josh Gordon is. If you listen to Red vs. Blue, you know you know who Josh Gordon is. But the, 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 the normal NFL world got to experience Josh Gordon last week in all the splendor, and as well as Jordan Cameron. You got two off weapons there for Brian Hoyer. So let me ask you a question. If we know that Josh Gordon is good when he plays, and we know that Jordan Cameron is good, and he's and he's top and he's top tight end, how can Brian Hoyer be a fantasy flop? I still see Brian Hoyer ranked like thirtieth out of all the quarterbacks. He's ranked like very low out of all the quarterbacks. That just doesn't make sense. If Gordon and Cameron are stars, there's two pieces of the puzzle already solved. You know, it's just a weird situation, Scott, because. I think it's against the uh, defenses that they normally play. Uh, is Hoyer going to go off this week? Uh, I'm not so sure. I mean, he's got he's got the tools there, but uh, it, you, you just never know. And I'm I wouldn't bank on him to uh, having a big week. For instance, would uh, who's going to have the better week, Hoyer or uh, say Geno Smith? 
Well, you can look at our rankings. Uh, they're they're listed at FF Toolbox. We're right. Actually, we're currently the number two uh, ranked uh, fantasy website out of 136 websites for running backs. So you can definitely trust us there. We're a little bit lower. We did have a very good week at quarterbacks. Week three, we're the, the number two website overall for quarterbacks. So we're we're getting a little bit better there. We got some work to do. We have Brian Hoyer at 18 overall, right behind Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Geno Smith, wow. we have chiming in at number 24. So, yeah, we do like Brian Hoyer this week. Plus, you have to know, Cincinnati is missing three of their defensive backs this week. If Cincinnati is missing three of their defensive back starters, that means you're bringing in the second team playing against Little, playing against Devon Bess, playing against Jordan Cameron, and, and potentially Josh Gordon correct. out there getting a much easier game. So I think that Cleveland has a lot going for it this week against Cincinnati. Mike, that over under in that game and the line, I, I I don't have it in front of me. Do you? I got it in front. I got it right here. I got it right okay. here, Scott. Uh, Cincinnati is three and a half point favorite, and the over and under is uh, forty two and a half. Wow, that's a it low. Was, it, it was a five. It was a it was a five point favorite. Cincinnati was five. So it went from five to three and a half. Okay. Well, I, I still uh, – what surprises me more than anything is the over-and-under is 42-and-a-half. And, you know, five years ago, that's a high over-and-under, but when I'm looking through uh, all all the over-and-unders, that's not yeah, well, range. Yeah, 41-and-a-half is, is where it started, so now it's 42-and-a-half. Man, interesting stuff there, Mike Trent. Jeez, I love getting the line updates from you. Frank Gore looked fantastic again, 153 yards and a touchdown. We were very high on Frank Gore uh, out of all the websites out there. We were uh, we were one of the highest on Frank Gore this week. We did get approved right there. And then um, what else we got, Mike? I'm kind of running out of stories here. Chris Ivory's out. Bilal Powell uh, has been looking fantastic. He's a number 11 fantasy running back. Who would ever thought, Mike, with all the running backs that are out there that are doing well that you even got really late, man, we, did we really have it wrong? I was saying, I was telling everybody, look, got to get some of those running backs early off the board because it really, really dries up. But the running backs have been really unpredictable this year. The stud wide receivers have been at least fantasy worthy uh, as starters. Uh, unlike the David Wilsons and Lamar Millers of the world, we've been complete, absolute train wrecks. So um, you got to admit yeah, well, it. Man. Uh, when you can get a Blau Powell late and a Joy, a Joy Bell late. And a Fred Jackson late, and you have top ten numbers. You got to feel pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah, yeah you do. And uh, one one guy that's kind of been sneaky good has been uh, Matt Forte. Uh, oh, you know, not not just him, but Jay Cutler. Both of those guys. I mean, they're throwing up numbers. Uh, Matt Forte right now. He, I mean, he's ranked number four in fantasy uh, uh, running back points and. Uh, what do you think about Matt Forte? I mean, it's surprising. Yeah, well, if you have him anywhere, you're starting him, that's for sure. So uh, he's a definite uh, definite big part of that offense. We have so many questions on Twitter. I, I can't tell you. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of who do I start questions just in the last 30 minutes alone on the FF Tool right. feed. I got one. Uh, I, I, I will say this, Mike, I wanna, before, before I go, uh, before we go, I want you to know you can become a fantasy legend this weekend. Uh, I've played in standard season leagues my entire life, so I didn't think I'd ever want to take a shot at the daily games. But after playing them for a few weeks, I can tell you I'm hooked. I'm 100% unequivocally hooked on the daily games. My people are getting rich and famous 
playing daily games because of the amount of money that's there. Now, I'm going to tell you this right now. Don't expect this type of money and these overlays to be there next year. This is the year to get in and play uh, the daily games and take advantage because what's going to happen is you're going to see a major pullback. After these big companies really take over the DraftKings of the world, you're going to have a couple of companies fighting for everything. Uh, it's a wild west right now, but then a couple of companies are going to stand at the top. DraftKings is one of the companies that's going to stand at the top. Only in their second year, Mike, we, yeah. we interviewed all the companies. We love what DraftKings are doing. And average Joe fantasy players are literally becoming rich overnight playing. There's $25,000 leagues, $100,000 leagues. That, that, that's how much you can win on a weekly basis. So on a Sunday, Mike, here's what happens. I set my lineup. It's a lot more fun than I thought it would be. And then once I'm putting my lineup in and I sit there, when the games tip off, you know, I'm in a lot of leagues. You know me. And I'm in a lot of ice days leagues. Right. But if my daily team starts kicking ass right off the bat and I, and I pop a couple of early touchdowns and I jump up the leaderboard, dude, I'm hooked on their leaderboard all day. I can't get off of it. That's yep. the only team that matters to me now. I have my team. I have my basically my team of integrity. I built it for just this week. And all my other leagues are built for the long haul. But this one, the one I built on DraftKings, is built for right now. And I, I got to tell you, dude, I'm hooked. And it's a whole lot more fun than I thought it would be. What happens is, for, for all the Toolbox readers and the fans, you receive a free entry into the Fantasy Millionaire Qualifier where somebody will actually win a million dollars in Week 16. It's incredible that they have this to, to play with. But you could start get your yeah, practice awesome. now so you're ready for the top, for that big Week 16 challenge. And, Mike, I just put a link to it in the chat room. And if you haven't done it yet, you uh, you need to get in as well. And just throw a couple of bucks in. You can throw five bucks in and open an account, sure. and you get a free entry into this, into this qualifier. I got, uh, you know, uh, that sounds great, Scott, and I, I love to hear about that. You know, it's all about uh, just week by week and having a good time doing it. Uh, I want to do right. a quick kudos start because we've only got a couple minutes to go. Um, I'm going to throw it out. Philip Rivers or Russell Wilson? Ooh, okay. Well, you know what? Uh, I, I went against the grain last week, and everybody said bench, uh, bench our boy Russell Wilson because he had such an easy matchup against Jacksonville. And I said, you know what? When everybody's going one way, I'm going to go the other. If they're going to dominate them, they can dominate them however they want. And I said I, I'd go ahead and get them in the lineup. Uh, but this week, if you ask me, Phillip Rivers or Russell Wilson, uh, I have them at 11 and 12 within a fraction of each other, Mike. It's a real coin flip. I don't think you're going to be hurting either way. I think at the end of the day, I'm going to take – oh, geez. Because of the running ability of Russell Wilson, I put Russell Wilson I put Russell Wilson in the lineup. And also, IPS driver says Russell Wilson. Uh, so there you go. That's your answer right there. Uh, I got, and I got, I got one more real quick for you, and this is kind of mediocre, but uh, MJD or – Ronnie Hillman, MJD or Ronnie Hillman? Is that a serious? Is that a serious question? That's a serious yeah. question. Yeah, MJD, big time, big time against Indianapolis. He's probable with the ankle. MJD, we have as the eleventh uh, best uh, non PPR running back. So definitely get him in there. That's all the time we have for now, gang. Thank you for being here. That's that cool box all week long. Tons of content. Mike, good stuff. You out of here? Okay. All right. Everybody, thanks for thanks for listening. We appreciate it, and uh, we will see you guys next Friday night on Red vs. Blue. Thank you, crew. Take care. 
You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.